Welcome to Super Connected. With me, Tim Arnold, and my special guests. We invite you to join us in an intimate and honest exploration into the theme of connection. What it means to be connected to each other, what it means to be connected to ourselves, and what it means to connect in an ever-changing world. like to introduce my first guest who sort of really doesn't need any introduction but I will give him one anyway extraordinary playwright and theatrical director and imaginator of all kinds Mr Terry Johnson hello Terry hello good evening how are you feeling um I'm okay I'm now going to introduce our second guest another giant of creativity and like Terry, somebody that I would really describe as a mentor of sorts and certainly somebody I've learnt a lot from, actor, director, Mr Jeremy Stockwell. Darling. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Let's just explain how you two know each other. And I'm just going to say one word or two, um, which is how I know that you're connected. Um, and the two words are Ken Campbell. Who wants to start with that connection? Because I've, I've, I've heard snippets of stories from both of you about the remarkable uh, late Ken Campbell, who's mm-hmm. certainly his, his spirit has uh, was reincarnated in some sense between your individual energies um, with your play, Terry, Ken. Mm. No, I think he's a bit of a king of connectivity, so he's a good place to start. His whole life was uh, to do with connectivity, either spiritual connectivity or mental connectivity or <clears throat> or people. You know, if you bumped into Ken, you could um, hang around Ken, you know. Uh, so, yeah, he's responsible for a huge matrix of um, reprobates, bad folk and seekers. Uh, of whom Jeremy and I are kind of honorary members. Mm. We're not really core. So let's say I love that I love the word seeker, and uh, I'm going to pretend I don't know what it is. What's a seeker? A, a seeker is someone who seeks, who believes everything rather than nothing. Um, uh, What's what? Uh, what a couple of phrases Ken uses. I can't remember them. Uh, he says, um, <clears throat> um, "There's only one word in the English language that defines the nature of the universe, and that word is other. And every little now and again, another oh, I don't know, manifests itself. And then it's great to be around at those moments because there may be something up for grabs." So he's a man who. Uh, I think his connectivity, as Terry says, goes way beyond um, his life. Uh, and, and I think people are only ever dead when you forget them, when they're mm. lost, when they're gone. And I think, you know, um, Ken lives in, a, in, in us all in, in some way. And I got a telephone call and this chap said, oh, hello, it's Terry Johnson. Um, you don't know me, but. And, Could uh, you do an impersonation of me 
Mm-hmm. As you tell the story. I think that would be fair, Jeremy. No, I think it would be very good. He said, um, Hello, I'm Jerry Johnson. <laughs> you don't know me, but... I can't do you, That's man. Donald Duck. Do... Yeah, no, sorry. I, I fail abysmally. Well, here I am. I mean, surely I'm, I'm sure there I, are some clues. There are some clues. I don't know. No, I can't, I can't do Terry. That's one one. I, I don't know. I have to really love and admire someone. To Terry, do you remember what you said? <laughs> do in, I remember what phone I call? said? And we can hear your voice <clears throat> saying it again. I don't know whether I said. I don't know whether I said anything. Alan Cox said oh, you should meet this bloke called Jeremy. And I got a call, and he said, "Do you want to? I've written this play. Are you interested in having a meet?" And I said, "Yeah." And I went. I, you know, I said to my wife, it's this playing, it's Ken, you know, it's like a calling. When anyone, Ken asked you to do something, you had to do it. So I felt that call from Ken via Terry. And we met at Hampstead Theatre. I thought there might be some sort of audition. He'd sent me a script, which I hadn't got round to reading. And I just thought, I have this, I'm going to take the script in case you know, I want to do anything. And I took along a hat, and the hat um, I had, uh, because it was Ken's hat, and uh, we sat and we had coffee and then we met the producer there and we sat in the foyer. We didn't go anywhere. We just chatted for a couple of hours about Ken. And um, I thought that maybe they'd get me to read or do something. And thankfully, they didn't. Uh, Terry didn't. And then I said, it was this bag. And I told him the story. Um, Ken called me at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning. He said, hey, can you come over? And I said, um... Well, it's two o'clock in the morning. Well, can't you come then? I said, no. I went the next day to out to his house in the back of beyond somewhere. And then he said, read this. And I, and I read a piece of script that he pushed into my hand and I started to read it. He said, no, 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 that's, that's, that's too like John the Measurer. You know what you got to do? You got to do it through the nose like this. Hey. So I started to go a little bit nasal. No, no, fuck. So I st- and then I sort of out of about half an hour I started to go oh, I have to do it back at him like him. Wait, he said that's a that's a now again somewhere, right? And then he had me read it like that. And then I said, all right. We had a cup, cup of tea. And he said, oh, just a moment before you go, I've um, I've got this. And he gave me a bag, and I opened the bag up. No, don't, 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 don't now. And I opened it on the um, on the tube going back, and it was it was his hat pork pie hat and um, I thought it was a strange gift and then about a week or so later he was dead so I go oh my god and I told this to to Terry and he said can you start Monday <laughs> so, I just, so we did it that's how we did it and even for those people listening who 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 were just hearing about Ken Campbell for the first time oh. um, his death is was isn't something that any of the people that were present at the funeral were were miserable about it sounded like quite a celebration am i right in saying that it was an extraordinary you were there weren't you yeah, yeah. Uh, it was an extraordinary event you know his dogs He'd trained to pull a carriage, and that had turned out to be his coffin. And uh, someone tried to open the coffin, and there's people sobbing. But it was entertaining, the grey, grey <laughs> day. But it was an entertainment, and Ken himself said, uh, Funeral, he said, Funeral, that is an anagram of real fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, Terry, obviously I know you, and my connection to you comes through Soho, really. I, I, mm. I recall that we met when you were uh, beginning research for bits of Soho's 1950s culture in your production of Things Ain't What They Used To Be. Yeah. 
And that's how I met you. And then I saw you uh, uh, putting on a performance of Ken at with Jeremy, who I didn't know. So that's how I, I know Jeremy through you. So it's yeah. In case anybody wasn't um, clear on why the show is called Super Connected, mm. there are there are these connections. Well, there's a longer connection with you. <laughs> there mate. is a longer connection that, of course. On seeing you performing as Ken, I didn't really see that there was an actor there at all anyway. Yeah, <laughs> didn't bother asking who played that character because I thought that was just Ken Campbell. Yeah. But uh, then subsequently discovered that I did know you and know, knew of you over 20 years ago. I was going back a bit. You you did some music for The Globe, Augustine's Oak, which I thought was, well, everyone thought was extraordinary. And my then wife was in it playing opposite <laughs> yeah. Mark. Uh, and and it was just it was, a, it was a, a verse play at the Globe, one of the early ones, uh, uh, newly written. But the music always sort of lifted it off the uh, off the stage. It was it was a glorious event. And I saw you around and thought, who's the guy? <laughs> who's that weirdo over there? You know. Yeah, it was you. And it was. Um, and then years later, I went, oh, it's that Tim Arnold. Yeah, oh, I think everything's super connected. Terry, I mean, are you, are you somebody that uses social media? I think you are. Yeah, I but do. But it, it's not a healthy thing. I, well, not the way I use it. I don't like it. Being in a privileged position that you've lived in two different eras, mm. one that had no internet mm. and one that gives you a unique perspective on it and one that is now saturated with connectivity. Mm. Um, what's, what's the main difference <laughs> for you? It changed the way people wrote, which is what I spend quite a lot of time doing. And it changed the way people thought and wrote, access to information. I mean, writing became a completely different process, for, for, for me anyway. Um, you know, I started on the typewriter, literally, carbon copies. And I suppose, yeah, we're the only generation who are going to span that breadth of communications technology it's very strange What's, how has it changed the way people write mostly in your well view? when you were if you were typing on a two pieces of paper and a flimsy piece of carbon paper every draft every alteration every word you literally thought about every word and once you'd thought about the words, you thought about the sentence you were about to type. Uh, and then you thought about it in terms of the sentence you had previously typed. And then maybe you typed it. Then you'd think about the next sentence. Because the physical activity, oh, your fingers used to bleed, you know, to, to write a play. And the, and the physical activity, you, you had to go very, very slowly. It was all about thinking time because you didn't want to retype this damn thing. Mm. So, so, you know, back then, one was finishing something in five drafts. Now I finish something in 25 drafts. Because you have a delete button. And they all talk, <laughs> and they're all faster. Yeah. I mean, you can you just write a lot faster, and it's a lot more flexible, and it's, <clears throat> well, it's what? People know, people know this, you know. It used to be very, very slow. And I think it wrecked a few writers uh, when it arrived. 
because you stopped making enough judgments as you went along. Mm. And then people got, then people developed that as a skill in itself. And of course the freedom is, 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 is a skill once you've learned to embrace it, you know. Uh, yeah. To contextualizing your answer is it, you, you're just at the moment, you're just talking in a creative sense of, of, of being a creative. It's also to do with information. I mean, I don't, <clears throat> you know, you used to sit down and read 17 books. Mm. When I wrote my play about Freud, I counted them, and that's why I offer you the number 17 open, marked, slivered, scribbled on books on the desk at the same time you do, I don't even bother now I have a specific question about Sigmund Freud I just change windows and ask it Jeremy what what what's your feeling I mean uh, just take, taking it just beyond what Terry was talking about in terms of creativity um just connecting I remember when I was a kid I used to write letters um, to people that I wanted to ask questions. I wrote a letter to somebody about uh, how to make an Aeolian harp when I was mm. 13 because I didn't know where else to go, who else to ask. So I wrote a letter to somebody and then they wrote back and we became pen pals. Mm. Um, and now the equivalent of that is that you can just tweet somebody or find them on Facebook, send a message and, and, uh, and connect mm. really quickly. There's no waiting for the letter to arrive and... What 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 do you what's your, what's your feelings in, in general about those platforms? I think it makes us lazy. Whereas you know, I would remember all sorts of telephone numbers. I don't have to remember it now. I just press a button and I'm connected to whoever. Um, I think it makes us um, binary in our assumption. You know, you get all jolly if someone likes something or if someone says a bad thing but it's an echo chamber isn't it mm. and it's a hall of mirrors isn't it one of when i i was thinking of coming off facebook and whatever and then when i worked with you on this particular project i sort of thought you know that's probably right and i jacked that in i stopped it um it makes us lazy i think and it isn't about being connected you know i've got you know, I had how many friends on Facebook or how many Twitter followers or Instagram, whatnot. Um, you know, I still do a bit of Instagram occasionally and Twitter is quite handy letting people know what you're going on, but I'm not sucked into it. I never really was. But um, these are not f Facebook friends, you know, it's what a, maybe half a dozen of friends are people that know about me and I know about them. That's not, to, you know, to diss the whole thing because it's a very useful platform. So I find it's the chatter, the constant chatter. And it's like the chatter in the mind. And our problem, I think, really, is stilling the chatter in the mind. If I just do this, we start to worry after a while because we don't like the silence. People don't like the space. If I say what's in the room, well, look, there's a piano, there's a megaphone, you know, there's a door, there's, you know, technician, where's it? People, people will say what's in the room, but what there actually is in the room, what's mostly in the room, is space. 
and the spaces between things are as important as the things. As you know, the spaces between the chords are as important as music. The spaces between our thoughts are as important as the thoughts. The dancer knows that her stillness is as, is as important as her movement. And so we're in an age, I think, where we're, 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 we're so much information and we're feeling connected, but we are, I think, less connected than we ever were in terms of real emotional connection. If I touch something... I can touch it, but hold on a moment. Let's really feel that. If I look at you, I just look at you. There, oh, there's a guy, there's another guy. And then I'll stop and I'll say, no, I'm not just going to look at you. I'm going to see you. I'm not just going to hear, I don't know what Terry says. Actually, I listen to him. So I think that it denies, it, because it's so short bursty and short, <laughs> that's a word, and show, and so sort of binary, yes, no, up, down, black, white, on, off. You know, we love the on more than the off. Come off it is, is you know, yeah, let's get on. Oh, let's get up. Come on. Rather than just getting down. Or, or you know, we love the, the yang energy more than the yin. And it perpetrates this constant, constant, constant. Yes, on, up, in, yang rather than all the opposites of that. And if you've got good music, and if you've got good writing, and if you've got good dance or good painting, there's space around stuff. Mm. And I think, you know, we've, we're all going a bit crazy. We're all getting a bit old, so maybe I'm sounding like my, my dad. But the fact is, you know, we, we accelerate. Society accelerates at such a speed that we hardly notice it. And before we know it, you know, as dear Neil Innes said, you know, we know the cost of everything, but the value of nothing. Mm. And and yet there are there is evidence of, and I know you both to be open minded enough to know that there is no either or sort of solution in terms of moving forward. It's it's how do we hold on to the benefits of of a past approach um, whilst trying to sift out and eliminate the destructive elements of of what's happening. Mm. Uh, at the moment and, and moving into something that's more balanced where 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 are the positive for you both i mean you've you've, you've been quite honest in where you've seen some destructive or negative changes mm. because of technology and communication technology in, in particular what do you both feel are the are the really strong benefits where inside of those there might be some I've met pathway f- to the future that we'd all like mm. I I was going to say I've met a few people I wouldn't have otherwise met, but then I realised I haven't actually met them. (laughs) That's very good. You throw your head right back, you know, to when... If you wanted to see somebody, you had to phone them up. You couldn't message them. And uh, you had to phone them up. Uh, And uh, there were no answer machines, and you had to phone them up. And they probably weren't in. And then you phone them up again. And then you'd both get out your diaries and then you'd make a date, certain time, certain place. And then a week later, you'd both appear at that place and that time. And you may not, you know, a piece of communication between that time and, and the present time wouldn't be possible. Well, that only let me down once. Her name was Virginia Gledhill, and she was a bit of a bitch. 
Yeah. <laughs> we we apologise to Virginia's family oh, if they're Virginia. listening. Oh, um, no apology needed. Um, anyway, that only. No lawsuit needed. No lawsuit needed. It was, uh, yeah, it was different. It was kind of different. It was, uh, it was. No, no, diaries have become virtual. That's what's very interesting. I don't think diaries are diaries anymore. Not in terms of one's social life. People mm. pop something in their mm. electronic on their electronic page, which is more a kind of reminder of something you might do today. Mm. Uh, mostly, my social life is uh, consists of making appointments, which are then cancelled that morning. So your your response comes from a question I made about um, exploring positive benefits of communication technology. Um, I don't think there is much. Young people are organising themselves to protest about something or stuff about environment. Let's all meet here and have this uh, have this sit in or this uh, demonstration. Mm. That's a good thing. Or let's remind people, you know, just to be a little more aware of you know what they're doing to the planet or each other mm. which is why you know and so it is in terms of you know, bringing people together or the sort of underground movements that's a really good thing you know to actually say come on we're going to have this we're going to have this bed in over here we're going to do this thing or we're going to get together or we're going to something i think that's really great which is why certain governments and maybe even ours you know um, they reduce it or they cut it or they, there's a thing in the news about wanting to control it because it's a free, you know, it's a free connectivity of stuff. We, you know, if it's positive stuff, that's a great thing. It's not so much the machinery. It's not so much the mechanics of the, of the connections. It's what people do with it. It's a natural place for people that are fighting for freedom of expression, yeah. um, equality, mm. diversity, inclusivity, all kind of good stuff that we want to see more of in the world mm. and it's in the same space mm. as the extremely ugly stuff um, that we'd like to see less of so does that not make the twitter sphere or the facebook sphere or the social media sphere just an amplified version of what we had before no right okay so that's the yeah. isn't it I'm playing devil's advocate i'm under the doctor because i've got a bad neck the reason i've got a bad neck is because i'm addicted to social media and actually i'm my musculature's suffering but i do ask myself occasionally why i have to visit it three four five six seven eight nine times a day why in the pauses in my life I, I go to social media. Well, that's a longing for connectivity. And it's a psychologically massive urge. And yet, every time you pick the damn thing up, you're disconnecting. Mm. Because the alternative would be to seek a connection. So, I, I, I think it's doing huge damage because I, I think it's deceptive and uh, it, it's a placebo f of connectivity mm -hmm. which doesn't, it's not really happening, it's not really there's no follow through 
the bottom line, the bottom line of anything is that humanity, is that spirit and the paucity of spirit. The paucity of recognizing that, you know, that, that we're all each other, that we, you know, that everything is interconnected, uh, whether we like it or not. You, you pointed well, it out. For you. You're an old hippie. <laughs> I was always an outsider. I was well, not an outsider. I was inside the room, but I was up against the wall. I, you know, Did I'm you not mean... a member. So I'm doing this play at the moment. One of the characters says, I'm not a member. I never was. And I realize that's true of me. I never was a member. That's why. <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a dramatic artist, I, th I think. It's because I sit back and watch the drama and and then report on it. But I've never felt particularly included. It's, it's Do you think there thing. is something happening without you then? Or, or have no, you? I think millions and millions of people are becoming like me. Now, because yeah. of the changes of the ch yeah, that we've been talking about. I think about. it's part of the big disconnect. Um, no, I mean, it, it hasn't. It, it, it hasn't turned my life into one endless suffrage. You know, it was perfectly livable. But Is the word we're, we're scratching around here isolation and being isolated? Yeah. That's part of the human condition. Being isolated. Totally. Because we have this idea, you know, of um, we're two eyes looking out of a bag of skin. There's little me here, and I'm an arrogant bugger, and then I'm just little lonely farty old me in my bed, and you'd, you're not connected, nothing to do with me, and I'm nothing to do with you. But the fact is, it's all to, that's, that's the illusion, that's the big mm. Western illusion, mm. which is the illusion of ego. And we're all little lonely pods looking out from a bag of skin. And that is what the, that's what the Western world and society, well, the triumvirate of, of, of the media and politics and, 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 and uh, corporate world put out. It's what they're saying is, you are not enough. Well, you are enough. I think ours is a lonely road. When I you say ours, you mean... Well, any, any one of us listening or any one of us in this room, if, if, if you... If you're creating work, or you know, I travel all over the place. I've got a home in Germany, which is rather gorgeous, and and that's where my books are, and my wife and kids are, and I'm around the place doing it. But you know, any one of us, wherever we go, whatever we're doing, it's a it's a lonely road. So to be connected, to be truly feel connected, you know, is is uh, is it's really. It's a lot to give up to feel that connection, but the best connection comes when you are f feeling connected. I can only write poetry when I'm in a bit of a hole, or I'm fed up, or I'm lost in mm. lost in love, or I've lost love, you know. And, and there's something. Oh, you've that. shaved your head and gone to live in a monastery. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely that. And when you know, certainly the eighties. Terry, is your is no, that you sort of concur yeah, with yeah. Jeremy there in terms of the your own isolation? that you described as a creative, as a dramatic artist. Um, did, oh, the, did the art come from the isolation or did you choose isolation to create the art? No, the art came from the isolation. I think it's hand in hand, but one leading the other. Mm. Um, I've always, I've always watched the world and I've watched people create matrices of connections 
like a family or a football club or a nation and they create this matrix of connection find their security within it and then the joints of that connection become kind of solidified and rusted mm. and they're not true and they, they just become a root there's no true connection there they're just a root uh, and a, a, a like a giant map, a root map for your day, for your white, for your week, for your marriage, for your life. Mm. Um, so I see it as a process of ossification, I suppose. I've just watched. I've always had a suspicion of human connection as a, a necessary artifice Jeremy what, what's your there's a lovely line mm. to remind Terry that you wrote for Ken Campbell that I said and you said of his funeral watching is my way of joining in oh man that got me I was sitting in the audience as Ken at that time that just gets me man because I, I know that you know I'm going to perversely bring that back to uh, social media and, and tech comms. Mm. Watching is my way of joining in. That's it. And we know that. Because you said earlier, Ter um, Terry, that uh, are we connecting? We're not really connecting. You said you, you, your positive take on social media was that you've met a couple of people, but actually haven't really met them. Um, no. And M so. Mark Sinden, I like hugely. Mm -hmm. I, I'm never going to put myself in a room with him mm. because it would be a nightmare, a cigar and whiskey sodden <laughs> right-wing nightmare. Actually, Going no, back so to that true. lovely line, though, w watching uh, is my way of, of joining in. Um, that's a bit, was that something Ken actually said, or did you write that line for the play? No, that's, um, that's me. Yeah, and... And if you're an artist, you see, you do, you do, an artist. But that's, that's the first time in my life I've ever called when myself that. People say that. makers now; they don't say art. You don't Whatever they say, artist at drama yeah. school. You never heard, hear the word used. But I think what's really key about you know this um, this show uh, with with you both is that uh, there's a, 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 a both of you being very open and, and very vulnerable. And we love you, Tim. Sort of what I. Hoped might happen. Now I wanted to pick up on, and probably something to, to to wrap up on as well, was the idea of isolation is a similar idea uh, as taking pause. It's a similar idea as sleeping for a significant amount of time. It's the same idea as not filling up your day with connection after connection after connection. Mm -hmm. Isolation is about how to be alone. Mm -hmm. And, of course, um, mm. there's a, the author, Sherry Turkle, who wrote a, a, a fantastic book called um, uh, Alone Together, precisely about social media, um, uh, has you know commented quite often on the fact that people say these three words, um, which are, don't call me. It's been, it's been a thing since social media especially in America, where people don't really want to speak on the phone. No, people don't speak on the phone yeah. anymore. 
Um, I'm a terrible one. I used to think I, I had the problem. I'm not sure if it is mm. anymore. I love talking on the phone to mm. people. I love hearing their voices. Mm. And it's because I, I use my ears with most of the work that I do a lot. So everything that matters to me comes through my ears. Um, but do you think that sense of being isolated, whether it's being a monk mm. or just taking a nap in the afternoon, not doing those all those emails you've got to do, or taking an approach to your art form, which is I spend most of my time alone, which mm. I've done quite often, and by the sounds of it, you have done a lot, Terry. Well, one of the reasons I stopped writing to direct was to avoid the isolation so that I could create my own little matrix of yeah. pretense of connectivity and and in the dramatic arts we're very very good at that sometimes mm. over enthusiastic i mm. hear but we're very very good at making connections and communications and then there's any you know there's hundreds and hundreds of actors i really like and enjoyed being with who i haven't spoken to for 22 years uh, but we're very good at it at the moment and then so we live these little speeded <laughs> up universes of, of life experience and our families are very short. They last for about four or five weeks. Well, for an actor, it's about eight weeks. For anybody else involved, it's four or five weeks. And then you find a different family. So you obfuscate the necessity of trying to keep those joints oiled. Um, I'm sure some families exist. I mean... There are families within my families that seem perfectly content with one another and and, and, and genuinely, genuinely you, connected. You, you both and you both agree mm. on this point in, in terms of theatre. You create your own family, and there's a has to be an intimacy and into me see in order for us to do the kind of work that mm. is expected of us by a director, by a good writer. We've got to make that connection. Then we have to connect to the audience. And we have audience, audio, they're listening to what we're saying. You know, the spectator sees us, the spectacle. But it is yeah. that connectedness, that very human connectedness that you get in front of a live audience that is where it's at. And the words float on the ocean of emotion that connects us all. And that's such a groovy thing for me. And what, what I've that goes together with that is the the scribe who wants yeah. to who, who wants to spend time alone to to enable and facilitate what you've just been talking about Which and i'm eternally I, grateful do we think that maybe that sense of being alone to sacrifice and in order to create it, it sort of makes being alone a treasure it's uh it's always been a bit tough uh i have enjoyed facilitating it uh, because I have very little desire to 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 be on that front wave, to be surfing uh, in that environment you uh, you described there, Jeremy. Mm. I don't much. I don't even. I, I if I'm if I watch a show now, I sit at the back, mm. or preferably I watch it on a monitor. I, I, I'm, my relationship with the audience experience has kind of waned quite a lot in my older age. I still enjoy the rehearsal rooms, but that that's because they're, they're relatively safe. You can still have bust-ups. You can have divorces. Mm. I mean, you can have bad times, but they're meaningless because next Tuesday they don't they don't exist. 
So, you know, the levels of commitment are less. May I say that being on stage with you, there's a huge um, opposite to all that, that you go on and you just you just surf that audience's emotion, man, and, and with me. And, it, it, and, and I haven't met such a... I've got to say, I don't embarrass you, mate, but you're, that, you're such a generous person to be on the stage, which, which I hope doesn't contradict what you've said, and maybe mm. it's a huge effort, maybe it's a bloody big act, but I doubt it, because what you do isn't acting. You know, it's acting without acting. Um, yeah, well, it was a bit of a, an errant period of my life, anyway. <laughs> a wonderful <laughs> period, one that I'm very privileged to have seen. It's amazing. Thank you for talking about both you know, sort of autobiographically and and about the theme that I wanted to uh, explore. Mm. Um, you both talked about connection in so many different ways. Uh, mm. It's great. It's so really, I'm really delightfully surprised. I've really enjoyed it. Um, Thank you. But just as a last note, uh, about, uh, just on connection, Terry, what, what is still, what's the most important connection in your life? I've... Oh. Ask him first, and I'll come back to you. I'll ask you first. Hello, Tim. What would you like to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> What's the most important connection in your life? And it's okay if you want to, you know, leave personal family and stuff out, because obviously anybody who's a parent or or a spouse would, would, would say their partner. But if you want to, you know, we can say that so that you don't need to feel bad that you didn't say it. <laughs> Sorry, kids. No. Well, yeah. You don't know. If we tune in to the love vibe and i'm and i know it's kind of awkward talking about that and i've stopped apologizing no well i've ne- very rarely <laughs> asked these direct questions and thank you love for answering uh, for asking them <laughs> but uh, really alan watts's daughter um came to my house and she's just a mate now as as is joan and uh and alan watts's daughter is, i mean both daughters and mark too the son alan mark are just gorgeous and lovely as you might expect uh, <laughs> with all the considerations of being Mr. Watts's kids. But Joan said to me, oh, she said, um, uh, my, um, what I really want to do is to be able to love everybody. I want to love everyone. And there's this woman who's in her 70s, and I thought, that's not just hippie speak. It is a woman who says, I want to engage, mm. I want to connect, I want to just tune into that love vibe. And the likes of Anne and Joan, they can talk about this quite openly and, and with no fear. Mm. And it's to be able to, to do that and say that and engage with that. We, you know... That's to, the most important connection for you. Well, isn't it really? When you come down to it, we're only dancing on the earth for a short <laughs> while, you know. And... and Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes, that's it. Loving everybody. Your most important connection is to be able to love everybody. I love well, that. Well, to love and be loved. Mm-hmm. That's the Anthony Newley song, is it? To love and be loved in return. And it's just saying, well, here I am. Yeah. Mm. That's and lovely. Terry, do you, did you get enough time? Thanks, Jeremy. That's did right, you mate. get enough time to have a think about... <laughs> Well, it is family because they're the only people who are going to be at your deathbed. So it is my sister and it is my daughter. Um, but but I, I, I feel it might be the deathbed scenario which makes it so. Um, and we spend a lot of time together. And uh, 
we'd go into bat for each other. Uh, I'm not an old hippie, so I have not the ease of answer of of Jeremy. And what was going through my head was, well, I, I could run on, I could run you off a list of names. I thought a list of people who I feel connected to when I see them. Yeah. Uh, and then I asked myself, who would I take to the desert island then? Which band of six? And I realised none of them, because my sense of connection is entirely temporary and temporal. And it's a, it's a sad old thing. I don't know if it is sad. No, I don't think we have to call it But, you, you know, you have close, deeply connected people uh, who you realise... You realise the day after that the, might be learned. The fact that you, that you say it's sad is one thing. If you feel sad, but it, that might be learned. But if you scratch the surface, I would say, um, certainly in my case, there are only three. When I go, yeah, yes, that's that union. I've got that, and they might not be the people you think they are, you know. And 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 you know, I know a lot of people, mm. and I've got a lot of friends, and I've made it my point. Uh, since a certain time in my life when I, when I am in London every month I'm doing something in London to go I want to see that person I want to see that person I want to see her I want to I give them a hug I want to be <clears> here and, and, and I've, I've made a decision to do that but it doesn't mean to say you know I've got a lot of people that I want to see if we can't do that well do you want to know what my, my, my what would who'd be on my desert island go on Everybody, because I do love everybody. <laughs> and I really love both of you for coming in Thanks, and man. being so open and so honest and super connected. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks, Terry man. Johnson. And thank you, Jeremy Stockwell. <laughs>